Welcome to Parenting with Vanessa's Colognes podcast. We have a special guest speaker today, Carla Shianchi from the JCCSF. Hi, Carla. How are you? Hi, Vanessa. I'm great. Thanks. Thanks for coming on. So we have a topic today about kindergarten and what site, what location are you in San Francisco? We've got three campuses. So we've got Brotherhood Way, Rosenberg, and I'm at the Helen Diller Family Preschool, the main campus at 3200. Nice. And how many kids do you have there right now? Pre-COVID, we had about 174. Currently, I'm sitting around 140, Um, but we've been back since June. We started summer camp in June, and it's been nothing short of remarkable to have these children, families, and our staff back in-house. Right. So wait, 140 kids? 140. How does that look like with COVID? You know, when we first started, we took into consideration all the regulations from DPH and CDC and community care licensing. And we actually licensed some additional rooms in the greater JCCSF. And so super fortunate that we have this huge campus. And we are pretty spread out. Um, We have children coming in and out of lots of different locations that drop off and pick up, staying in their pods. Uh, The integrity of the pod and the cohort remains really stable. And that's been the key to keeping us healthy and happy. Right. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of kids. I'm just doing, how many pods do you have? I've got 11 pods. Wow, that's yeah. No, that's I got one to worry about. So, you know, it's and one is hard enough too. In COVID. No, it's very stressful. But when you when you do it once, it's really easy to replicate and do it eleven times. So, um, you know, it's it's really finding that secret magic and that sauce and following the regulations and making sure that everything is on the up and up. You know, we've been above and beyond. You know that I'm pretty neurotic. Um, <laughs> my parent council called me adorably neurotic once, uh, and I thought that was pretty fitting. Uh, not the adorable part, but the neurotic part, because we, you know, it took us a long time. We didn't even open our sandbox until last week. Yeah, you were telling me about that. And so you're saying that now we're going back. So things are becoming more, like, more open, right? More schools are opening back up. How is it going with kindergarten? I mean, really, what are the parents? I mean, I know I've talked to a lot of parents, and their concern is that their kid has been out of school for so long, and then the social-emotional piece, and that they've missed, like, a year. So how do you what, do you, what message can you tell parents? Because I think that that's really important thing, that this is a huge worry They're having a hard time this year. And so our children in our transitional kindergarten, of which I've got four TKs, um, and I have have students that come from other preschools all around for our TK because the amount of support that we give to families, like really unequivocally, we do more than anyone else I've ever seen. We have a series of workshops, and um, I'll tell you more about that after. But the support that we give to families... um, has been even more this year. There's been more one-on-one consultations. There's been so much deliberation between public schools, private schools, and parochials because they're having a hard time making those decisions, right? They don't know what's going to happen with the public schools. Um, I have, it's 32% uh, increase in applications to private schools. And people are looking at private schools like your own, much smaller, having more of that one-on-one, really being able to serve children in another way because they're not sure what those public schools are going to look like. Well, I just got a contract with um, San Francisco State Un- and for seven kids during summer camp. So that actually makes sense because I think they're now reaching out to private schools to help support other kids that need it. And so my, my children are coming from the social emotional piece. Nice. So, 
And then how's the application process for you? I mean, what are the, what are schools looking for as you're going into kindergarten, at, you know, in a pandemic? It's such a great question. And, I, you know, so our school is Reggio Emilia. It's, it's guided by our Reggio Emilia pedagogy and influenced and guided by our Jewish values. Um, we also do a considerable amount of work into DEI and building that into part of our curriculum. And what they're looking for is a social-emotional readiness. They really... They aren't looking for a child in kindergarten to come in with all the academics. They're not looking for mathematics and budding literacy and reading and all of that. But they get it um, from they get it from us. Like in our school, again, I've I've been there for this is going on nineteen years, wow. and you know it's the right blend for me. It's the again the the values based curriculum, whether that is coming from Jewish values or diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, all of that really under the the image of the child and how we view children, you know, they are learning when they're following their own initiative. So our children get the emotional, the social, the mathematics, the budding literacy, the cognition. They get it all, but it's through emergent curriculum. Got it. And that's what, you know, they're really, they're looking for well-rounded children. They're looking for children who um, can play with each other, who can navigate uh, social conflicts, who can delegate, who negotiate. Um, being in relationship with one another is really what they're looking for. And problem-solving skills, right? Problem-solving. Critical thinking is so huge. We see how so many children who are at home on Zoom, I feel so bad for them, are lacking those critical thinking skills and that social-emotional connection, right? And so the, the kindergarten process has been very different this year. Typically, the uh, admissions directors would be able to, you know, have the children in-house, watch them play, see them play, and, and be in relationship with one another. They're not getting that this year. So they had to choose their candidates based off of a Zoom that they had with them, a video that they saw. Um, oh, wow. Imagine how hard it is to build a cohort. I, I don't envy any of them right now, um, having gone through that admission season myself, Um but they had to really choose children and families without getting to know them. And so what, what a challenging year it's been for them. And for us, it's meant a lot more on, on my end as far as workshops, um, making connections with past families, and really supporting the entire family to navigate this process. So Zoom on interview, huh? <laughs> I know. Can you imagine the interviews on, on Zoom? I mean, the kids that I've interviewed on Zoom or have been on Zoom, they're usually running away from the camera. So it's like really hard to get a lot of information. So I think it's really challenging. And like, how do you, as a school, make those decisions that make sense? I mean, I mean, there's stress all around. All around. I mean, I think for anyone else on that. Um, you know, one piece that was so helpful this year is there's a, a kindergarten uh, recommendation letter, right, that can be written and, and needs to be written for the private schools. And so what we found is that was the best document to advocate for children, right? They were looking to the teachers, whether they got on the phone and called directly, uh, whether they, you know, really looked at that document over and over. That's the best piece of um, advocacy for, for that child, right? It's, it's really painting a picture of who they are, uh, what are their fine motor skill, um, maybe challenges or struggles. Like we, we are as honest as possible and also advocate for the children to the best of our ability. Because all we want, I always joke with folks, it's, I spend a huge amount of time and resources on the kindergarten side of this. Um, and as a director, I'm also doing the other side, which is trying to fill my school, right? So I'm also doing my own admissions. Right. 
but it's it's not just about filling my own school. It's really about when they leave us, these children that we've had relationships with for, and families for three years, finding the right fit for them. What's right. next, right? And sometimes that's you know digging deep into asking families their own experience. You know, I have a lot of families that might have had a Catholic upbringing or um, you know a religious affiliated uh, school uh, for for their own preschool, kindergarten experience. We bring all that with us, right? So I spend a lot of time getting to know the families and understanding where they're coming from. Yeah, I think that's really important to understand. So what are tips that parents can do at home? Because I think that's the biggest thing. If if they're on Zoom and they're looking at the social-emotional piece, I mean, what, what do you recommend for parents to get their child ready? Because maybe they are not at, in school yet, or maybe they're in a small pod, or, you know, what can they do at home? Because I think that's the biggest question now, because as we've switched... In the last year, parents are really homeschooling their kids now. Um, teachers are giving the academics, but the parents are doing the work behind the scenes. So what does that look like for a parent as they're getting their child ready for kindergarten? Like, what are things that they can do? Sure, sure. So I always say to families, you know, you want to work on that fine motor. You want to work on the pincer grasp because you have to have those skills in place before the pencil grip and before any of that. But you also have to build that core. And you and I talk about this all the time, you know, having that core muscle strong and making sure that, you know, children, if, if you're playing in the bathtub, you put the shaving cream up high and you ask the children maybe to make, you know, the letter V for Vanessa and you use your arms to make those big motions or you're painting and you're painting outside. It always has to be fun, right? We want children to not feel like this is work, but play is the work of children and, and they're really um, learning through all of that. And so I think since we have really moved away up until about right now, um, you know, with COVID, we, we haven't been having play dates, right? We haven't had that experience mm-hmm. for them to be together. Um, relying on that pod, if they happen to be so lucky to be in a preschool right now, great. You know, use that pod. They have those connections. Stay within that stable cohort. Um, have outside masked up play dates, you know, in a, in a park with, you know, with another family. Um, but, you know, by law, children don't have to go to preschool in order to get into kindergarten, right? And so most of them, and again, I strongly recommend that they are, um, we see the disadvantages of not being in a preschool. But if you happen to be, you know, really nervous and cautious about COVID and maybe your child hasn't been in school this past year, you really want to focus on the gross motor, the fine motor, the social skills, um, all of that is where you're going to see that kindergarten readiness. Right. And one of the things that I've taught parents, so, so you know, you can do turn-taking at home too, right? So like Connect Four is another great thing. You don't have to actually play the game, but just being able to have that visual of like each person taking a turn. And then what happens when the child doesn't win? Exactly. <laughs> so we always, that's, that's, that's the fun stuff that's for the, me. That is actually at the crux of all of it, right? And that's, that's where you say, boy, you know, I... Oh, I'm frustrated. I didn't win Candyland, but you know what? I still had fun playing. Did you still have fun? Did, no. Did we have a good time? I didn't oh. have a good time. Nope. <laughs> those are mine. No, but I mean, those are the things. So I think more games I th- would be really helpful and to get the child ready. And, you know, even Zoom, if your child doesn't like to Zoom, 
one of the things I've done with another family is like having them Zoom with a friend first and then just maybe doing like five minutes or a small amount, but start building up on that to where they're actually having that back and forth or a grandparent, somebody they haven't talked to in a while that they can actually be engaged in. They're getting that experience versus like running because they think it's a teacher. Because I mean, I have a lot of kids that on my team, <laughs> like on my side, are like schools, anything else, ah, they're out, right? So then how do you do an interview? <laughs> I think we hardly want to do this anymore, being on Zoom or on Teams or on anything. So imagine a five-year-old who's who's being asked questions of us, you know, from a stranger. Um, it's it's really hard. I always say to families too, because they say, "How do I explain this? How do I explain that they're going to ask some questions, or you're going to have to produce this video of you counting to ten? And you know, <laughs> they, they did it with buttons or with Cheerios or something. And it's like, you know, what I would say to families is. The, the person on the other side of that screen is a teacher and they just want to know what you learned at the JCC or they just want to l- know what you learned from your teachers, right? We have to give them some context because this alone, just being on a screen, is is baffling to adults. Right. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> but you reminded me of something that's so important. You know, this, this piece of um, motor planning, right, and this critical thinking, involve your children in setting the table, um, packing, you know, their backpack to go to the park, um, really uh, helping with the laundry. You know, well, it looks like I'm ready to do this laundry. What do we need? You know, involving them in that um, planning goes a long way too, right? And, and that's going to be invaluable in school too. No, thank you so much. It's a lot of great information. So you're talking about workshops earlier. What kind of workshops do the JCC provide? You know, because I think that's something that, you know, you're, you're, you're more than just a preschool. And I think, you know, and I used to work over at Jewish Family Children's Services. So I understand the community piece. And there's just so many more things besides just a preschool. Thank you. So I'd love to hear about more things that you're doing and, and where can people find you if they have other questions? Because I also think that, you know, it's hard to figure out where to start. You know, who do you talk to? Where do you go? Um, any information on that would be really helpful. And the anxiety starts fast and it just keeps building. So I actually am doing my first work workshop um, next month, which is kickoff to kindergarten. And I'm doing it only for the the families. I mean, because everyone would come if we let them. And and this year, because it was on Zoom, we did. Um, I opened it up to my two-year-olds, my three-year-old, four or five-year-old families and our families of. And what, what we do is that kickoff to kindergarten really just gives an overview, says, here's the thing. We've got hundreds of uh, private schools. We've got a hundred public schools. We've got a, a more than two dozen parochial schools. Let's start by understanding all the options okay. and let's keep the, the mindset of this is the best gift you're ever going to give your child, the gift of education, right? You're never going to be in another educational setting for as long as you would be in a K-8 school. You know, so being there, like, make it exciting. I always say to families, you know, um, make it fun for yourself. Like, kind of research the schools, debrief with your spouse or your partner if you have, um, talk to others about it, look to your peers. But you really have to have this global overview first. And so that kickoff to kindergarten is a global overview of what this is going to be. I also do, and I, I'm, I do a handbook on this, on navigating the kindergarten process. I'm like, <laughs> this is probably my favorite subject and topic um, because I, I do find it really exciting. I find it really fun to, to think about the offerings that you can give to your children. You know, you might choose a religious-based um, K-8. You might choose a STEM school. 
a specialty school. You might choose something really small and nurturing that feels like a warm hug with such a beautiful community. You might think, boy, my child is extremely socially motivated. They would outgrow a small school. They right. need to. They need an offering, you know, in the hundreds. So. Um, First of all, thinking about what your child needs, right? And so I, I do, and one of my favorite workshops is finding the right fit, right? So it's finding the right fit in kindergarten, understanding your child's unique learning profile. Are they a kinesthetic learner, an auditory learner, a visual learner? Um, what areas of the room do they gravitate? And these are all the questions that families should be asking their teachers, right? Teachers, uh, this is your most remarkable resource. You should come to every parent-teacher conference with a pen and paper and take notes, families. Right. They know, they know your children so well. And, you know, ask those questions. What areas of the room do they gravitate towards? What do they like to do? Do you find them tinkering a lot? Do they play with the loose parts? Or are they more on the painting kind of creative side? Are they theatrical? Um, do they enjoy sports? You know, um, do they play with one gender maybe more than the other? And so all of those things will help paint the picture of, again, public, private, parochial, single sex. Um, start doing that research and also start, hopefully you will have a partner like myself in this because it, it is daunting. You do need someone to help navigate this. Um, years ago for the JCCSF, I was a kindergarten resource specialist. That was my title many years ago. And I, I, I loved that aspect too. And I was... Um, I still serve as a resource for all three of our campuses, but one thing I really enjoy is doing the one-on-ones with families, really getting to the nitty-gritty. What are they looking for? What do they find valuable? What are their non-negotiables? I like that, non-negotiables. Because you have to know, right? What's important <laughs> like to that. me might be really different to you, and, right. and what you sometimes find is what's important to one partner or spouse is not important to someone else. So finding that midline, you know, yeah, that, that balance. compromise um, can be hard because this, this is a, it's a tricky experience. Right. No, that definitely makes a lot of sense. I also think, you know, you can hear anything from, from principals or directors, uh, including myself, right? I don't, I don't take myself out of that. Um, but I think that something that's really important is for families to talk to other families, um, and so I, you know, I provide them with two different Google Docs of the public schools, the private schools, of resources. I have such an amazing community that they're willing to volunteer their time on an email, on a Zoom, on a Teams, on a phone call to talk to another family, and you know, say, "Boy, this is really what makes my school unique. This is something right. that, you know, I didn't find somewhere else, or I wish I had asked this before I, you know, put in my contract, um, or." Or this is something about my school that really surprised me that I didn't think was a non-negotiable. And now I can't imagine having my child in a school without it. So I think using other families as resources is really important. Yeah, thank you so much. Those are a lot of great tips. And I think this is as we're moving into, you know, the new school year coming in. Man, this year, it did fly by fast. I got to tell you, there was a lot of stress. <laughs> but, I mean, it flew by. It flew by. And so I was like, we we're did already, And we did do it. Because I've been, we've been, so Carla actually has been a huge support system for my school. Um, thank you. Yeah, in the sense of like, not like, 
every single rule that was changed within like 24 hours. And there were a lot of rules changed. It's a lot of reading. When you think your day is done, you get to go home and then you read childcare pins, right? (laughs) It never ends. I'll I'll never forget the one that was like, they changed the mask mandate on the age. And it was like, it has, it was, they did it Thursday at midnight. You had to do it. And you're texting me and I'm all, what? Here we go again. Here we go again. There was just like, everything was just always changing. And it was just being very, you know, you'd have to be really, fluid and you'd have to learn to be flexible and you have to learn these other, I mean, so I definitely, you know, the fact that you have 150 kids, I mean, that's a lot of children to serve. That's a lot of pods. I mean, and you're telling me you have entry, every child has their own entryway, exit way, you know, their own bathrooms. I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can do. But I can't imagine 150 kids. I'm like, I'm good with my 10. That's it. It's it's true though. Once you do it uh, for one cult, you just replicate it. And you know, we're I'm actually still adding children. In, and I found that families are now, with the increase of vaccinations, families are ready to come back. And since uh, DPH and CDC, since we're permitted to add more children to our cohorts, I just added three new students and I'm still adding. I'm, I'm actually still enrolling for the fall school year. Yeah. I was about to ask you, and then do you have a camp? I do have a camp, a fabulous summer camp. Rose Shannon is our assistant director uh-huh. and she does a fabulous job of crafting really various different themes for the children. Um, same regulations, everything will be going on. And I'm sorry, my Phone keeps beeping and computer is making all this noise. Um, But yeah, joining us for the summer camp is a great way to acclimate into the school year. Yeah, that's one of the things that um, we are actually starting. So we are taking in some kids and then I actually have a child starting tomorrow for just a couple days and just to kind of slowly get the child ready to come in, but to get him ready for summer because we're so small now that it's going to really help us get the child prepared and ready to go when we have a little bit of a bigger crowd because it's not like we have a huge crowd as is, but I mean, it's still, it's still a lot to be able to, and to navigate if you've been home for so long and then how do you build those skills and start from, you know, and you haven't been around the other kid children with the social emotional piece or just like playing soccer or doing a game and like, what are the rules? And then also the rules have changed in school. School, you even mentioned the idea, like school's not the same. School is, is not, the, not same. the same anymore. So it's like, how do we navigate that and how do we support the, our children so they are not so anxious and that they can get through this? So I really appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's always it's, a pleasure. Yes. And we're really looking to see if there's any questions later on my on the TikTok that we just put up. But um, thank you again for having me, and it's been great. And if we have any, I would probably like to have you again as the summer's going on and just checking how your camp's doing with all the regulations and what else has you been seeing a difference in as, like, schools are reopening for the fall. Definitely. So, you know where to find me. Well, thank you again. Again, this is Vanessa Cologne's podcast, and thank you for listening.